yoga pants to go and get your pumpkin spice. <laughs> um, I actually, yes, I do. I, I mean, mean, they're warm. I'm not judging. That's they're, fine. They're, they're warm and they show off your ass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just, I just was wondering if you're one of those like Under Armour or like Lululemon and you're not, you're, you're just running, <laughs> you're getting groceries. Like, yeah, exactly. You're not doing Pilates. Just pick up, uh, so what's the, what's the name of this Counter-Strike you want me to grab? Uh, Counter-Strike Global Operations is the one that is current. Global Operations or Global Offensive? Or that's it, Global Offensive. CSGO. CSGO, all right. And I started recording, so I will pronounce now that if you pick up Counter-Strike Go, you could play with us, the enemy slime people. Well, two of us, at least. Except um, for me and Doug and Michael. Except for all of your favorites, like Doug and Michael. <laughs> <laughs> your favorite Doug. Counter-Strike sucks. Oh, come on now. Don't be like that. Um, Call of Duty forever. <laughs> so welcome, everybody, to the Enemy Slime Podcast, episode number 97, ever approaching that uh, that fabled number off in the distance, 100. Oh, man. It's so close. I can taste it. Like we have some big. We I, I finalize. I finalize some stuff. We have some big plans for number one hundred now. We have a big, and we have a big week for you this week because there's a lot of stuff that has been going on uh, out there in the big old world of gaming. Uh, I'm your usual host, Jared, and we're of course joined today by Mr. J. Joseph Jr. Yo, yo, what up? We get a, we get a wax, son. Uh, we are so grateful to have Mr. Lucio Lorenzino back, safe and sound, on the podcast. That's right. I'm wearing my yoga pants. Welcome. I'm very, very good to hear. Uh, we have Michael Mahoney. Michael, what uh, what exercise equipment do you have while you podcast? Boxing gloves. Oh, excellent. That's that's why you're gonna hear me knock a lot of shit over. So is that what, is that why you, is that why you can't click the fucking mute button correctly? Is that is that why that always happens? Hey Jared, how would you like to suck my cock? <laughs> oh shit, son. Oh yo. Let's start. Yo, dog. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll see. Uh, and then lastly, we have Mr. Doug Wilson, the illustrious appearer with Joker man. Hey, you know this podcast is sponsored by? What is this? I don't want to ask, really, but go ahead and tell me. <laughs> the Carl's Jr. Tex-Mex Bacon Thick oh, Burger. Oh, sh- shut up. It's, that's the worst. Hey, tell us, tell us about your Carl's Jr. experience. I tried to go to Apollo Burger, and I know that only two of you on the podcast are going to know what that is. Um, Delicious. Like Apollo Creed? Yeah, you should know what it is. So who's pumped for the new Creed movie? I don't. Is there, like, Creed the band? Wait, you don't, you don't know. know. We're talking about no, the no, Ivan Drago a... Burger Place. Okay, yeah, no, Jared, it's, tell it's, your it's story. A, it's a, all right, all right. Focus. So I try it. This is serious. Nah, it's serious. There's, there's going to be a, a Rocky spinoff about Apollo Creed's son called Creed. Oh. Sounds stupid. No, I don't. Right. Yeah, it is stupid. So, Jared, you, uh, I believe you have less feed of intestine now. Right? I, would, I would rather have an Apollo burger. Uh, but, yeah, I tried to go to Apollo burger, and the line was too long. And I was like, well, what else is around here? <laughs> and what else could be around but my good friend Carl's Jr., home of and, the... And, and you paid for your inpatients. Home of the Whopper. I paid $6 for a burger that was $6. How um, much? How much? What, what burger did oh, you Oh, wait, $6 for a Carl's Jr.? We, uh, I paid like eight. It was like eight to get through eight, the eight. Whoa, 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 whoa! What you paid eight, eight just for the burger? Well, no, like the that was a burger and fries and a drink. 
Okay, so you got like a full meal. But what's that, what's that Carl's Jr. That's like eight bucks. I live in I live in like New York City, and I can get like a, a Big Mac meal or like a Whopper meal that's that's like seven. Oh yeah, but this is like so so years ago they announced the the six dollar burger, which is like their restaurant style hamburger. Uh, and they say they used to say their slogan was like that you'd pay six dollars at a restaurant for this, but here you only pay four ninety nine. But then this is this weird thing that happened where slowly the inflation kind of kicked in, and then the price of the six dollar burger became six dollars, and then exceeded it. So, <laughs> so now I don't even know why it's called the six dollar. They burger. call them thick burgers now. Oh, do they? Yeah, they changed the name. I think. Oh, uh, well, fuck that. Either way, uh, I ate one, and then I basically. Uh, I shit everything that I ever ate ever out. Lovely. Which Lovely. one did you get, though? What was the burger? The basic. The, so just it was like the a, it was like a colonoscopy. Just the regular six dollar burger. I didn't go. I didn't get like jalapenos I, or any bullshit like that on it. I just I, got. I, done that. I think the new name. I think the new name of this burger is the colonoscopy burger. I got the worst like fever and chills, and I <laughs> and I got into bed and I slept for thirteen hours. And when I awoke, I still felt like garbage, and I'm pretty much I'm pretty much okay today. So how you like? You like a hot? I just want to point out that I ate raw fish in a third world country for like three days straight last week, and I'm fine. So you know. And nobody's saying that my idea was good. I I I have a story about about shitting. Um, I have a story similar to yours, but has a different ending. It's like you know. All right, I'm on the edge of my seat. Alright, so there is you have to there is a pizza place <laughs> that opened up near me called Custom Fuel. It's actually a Europe, but it's called Custom Fuel. Um Sounds hipster. And you could go yeah. there and you could basically get Yeah, it's in Harlem. It's in Harlem. It's it, and it, you know, it's it's a full custom pizza. So so I was talking to my other friend about this and he's like, Why are you so fucking excited about it? You can get different toppings everywhere, but it's like, no, that's not the point. You're customizing like every part of this foot pizza. It's like you're, you're choosing your dough. You're choosing what kind of strange, weird sauces you want. Um, so I constructed a pizza, and it's going to sound crazy, but it was like uh, it's like I, I got to get the, the marinara and the mozzarella always, because otherwise it's not a real pizza. Um, we got the spicy Italian sausage, and we got the marinated buffalo chicken. Um, what else did we get on there? We got pepperoni. We got like like fresh jalapeno, roasted garlic, and prosciutto. Um, and the pizza was really delicious, and I, I, I had a good time eating it, and I enjoyed eating it, and it didn't make my tummy upset or anything. You fucking troll. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, to clarify, your story that is similar to Jared's is similar in that it has nothing to do with Jared's story. <laughs> no, it involves a food that he ate. You're right. right. It, 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 it I think that's pretty much it. It involves a fast food that I ate. Um, so it is similar to Jared's. It's like, it's like right there, just right on the cusp. <laughs> It's like you know. It's like it's like playing. It's like playing uh, a, a Counter Strike and then and then Spec Ops the line. Yeah, I mean, everyone knows that comparison. <laughs> you yeah, just... you never gotten food poisoning. You went to Jack in the Box. Oh fuck, man! Yeah, there isn't yeah, one. Where Jack. the hell am I going to go to a Jack in the Box? Doesn't huh. Jack in the Box have like it was? It was either Carl's Jr. or Jack in the Box. Don't they have like on a, on a special hidden menu? That you can get like a bacon milkshake. I feel like I heard this. I've never heard of that, but they and have I feel tacos. like I feel like it was in Los Angeles. The last time I was in Los Angeles because we don't have those here. We don't have either of those in in New York. I feel like last time I was in LA. I was like this close to walking in the door and being like, "Hey, give me your bacon milkshake," and I just I just I just punked out. 
You, you pussed out, you little puss. I pussed out. <laughs> I, I, I pussied out. We don't know. Sorry, we can't say puss. I think I think the closest Jack in the Box is in Idaho. So we're not we're not exactly rolling in Jack in the Boxes. I wish. So I can't answer so, that question. Um, hey, speaking so of uh, speaking of blowing a bunch of shit out your ass, have you guys um, heard about this Payday Two thing? Yep. Uh oh, Jason is not going to like that one. He doesn't like. Well, Jason probably doesn't like what Payday did. So. Oh boy. No, no, he's he's cool with it. Jason's cool with with the Payday Two stuff. Is he really? Uh huh. I've been talking with him about it. What? Um, yeah, I, that yeah, really surprises I, 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 me. I think I, I think his reasoning is that you know it's it's a it's a consistently cheap game. It's like always on sale. Um, that they've been like just throwing tons and tons of, of cheap stuff at or, or free stuff at players for ages, and um, that what they're talking about is like. It's like entitlement. Like he doesn't feel like the microtransactions. He doesn't feel like it's a pay-to-win model. He feels like the stuff that you're buying is so negligible that it's not worth worrying about. But it does have. Well, so let's let's back up and and uh, like and discuss out. it here. I'd love to hear his opinion on it. Maybe we'll have to ask him about it next time we see him. But uh, basically, Payday Two, they do this thing called Crime Fest. And it's a it's a community event where they give a bunch of like little objectives for people to finish. And um, when enough people finish the objectives as like a collaborative, you know, uh, group where, where they tally them all up, they'll start to slowly unlock free content. That's been the tradition is they unlock free content for uh, all the players of the game. And this year for Crime Fest, they kicked off that free content by revealing the first the very first thing that everybody unlocked is the ability to purchase weapon skins, I believe it is. Yeah, weapon skins with, with stats on them. That's the important part. Right, weapon that's, skins have stats. Right. And I mean, but beyond that, even even just with the skins that cost money, it's a little out of spirit just because the, traditionally the Crime Fest stuff was like, oh, now everybody gets a free hat or a free a free mask, you know. But uh, now all of a sudden, it's now everybody gets the ability to buy things, which is a really, <laughs> which I, 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 maybe there's a case to be made for like, um, you know, what they're doing with their business models. Okay, but there's really not a case to be made for like, I, I'm trying to think of how to how to win the chance to spend money. So like, imagine I give you a present and, and you're like, oh, boy, oh, boy. And you un- I'm president. No, I, I give you a present and you and you unwrap oh, a present. Got it. You unwrap my gift for you. And when you unwrap it and open it up, there's a brand new copy of Fallout 4, but it's in the Best Buy, like, plastic security container. And I'm like, okay, that'll be $60. Like, it, it kind of kills all the fun of unwrapping the present, right? Maybe not because you guys are getting Fallout 4 in October, but uh, my point kind of remains the same. At this point. Yeah, so I, maybe maybe that's not the best example, but you get what I mean. Like, day two, you're great. It's a shitty bait and switch kind of. It's thing. like you win the Olympics, and they're like, "You can go over there to buy your gold medal." <laughs> yeah, that's a good example too. <laughs> that is that is what you have to do at the Oscars, though. I mean, I don't know if you have to buy the trophy, but at the Oscars, it's like, "Yeah, you got it." And now you now you need to buy stuff to to remember it. Um, that and the fact that I, I don't know. They were I, never I, going I, to do them, even though he left the company, I, but still. I, I can't help but yeah, imagine that's, that's the, the, that's the, and that's the thing about it, right? That he was like, "We're never going to do it." But then the second he left, they released microtransactions. I can't help but think but that me, the reason why Jason's okay with it is because this is kind of a precursor to them maybe transitioning to like a free-to-play model a little bit, um, mm-hmm. which is something that I think would be fitting for them. Um, 
I don't know that... Uh, I just don't think this was the way to do it. I think there's a way to go free-to-play, and this probably isn't it. Yeah, I don't find... I mean... Uh, selling I was able to pick some, up... I don't uh, find the idea of selling some statted mods to be that reprehensible, but given the presentation, yeah, I could see why people might be a little upset about it. I was able to I was able to pick up Pity to like five bucks this past weekend, so I didn't really mind it too much. Well, yeah, I mean, um, none of us are heavily invested, so like we don't give a shit. But they definitely really, really upset a lot of their core community, um, as is evidenced by a lot of like if you go look at the game's Steam page, it is all negative reviews from a lot of people who have thousands of hours logged in the game. Like some of these guys literally have yeah. like fifteen hundred hours logged in the game. Yeah. And uh, so they they really did a just spectacular job of upsetting their community, if nothing else. Well, I'll, I'll put it this way: I know I know I know someone else who um, who plays Payday Two, and um, or he used to play it. And I told him that look, I am actually considering picking up. I I I, I considered picking up Payday Two for ages, and I just didn't have um, a good enough computer. And after I was able to purchase a new computer for just the parts i was broke for a while and had to wait until my wallet got up again so now i'm catching up on everything i wasn't able to play and um payday 2 was one of those games i was considering and i asked him uh knowing that he plays often i'm asking him you know um should i pick it up like if, if, if i if i bought it and and um and played it would you like play with me is it still worth getting and he's telling me like no no don't bother don't do it and I'm like, well, why not? And he says, well, because it's very like new player unfriendly. Like if you're a new player, you mm-hmm. really curse you out and you're not going to be able to play with anyone because it takes you ages to level up. And I go, well, well, hold on. You have pushed me relentlessly to to play League of Legends. Um, <laughs> and now I'm like the friendliest. What's the difference? Like, 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 like. Despite the fact League of Legends is is for um, Hitler, you know why? Why? Why is Payday Two any different from League of Legends? Like, why? Why do you want me to play that one and not the other? And it's like, well, for starters, League of Legends is free to play. So I think that gives you like a good sense as to how players are feeling about Payday. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's like a principal thing or what, but it's I don't know. I I haven't I haven't played it that often and still new to me and uh it's good it's, it's you know it's 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 well made i so i i don't know yeah it's um i i played just a little bit i didn't do a ton of it and admittedly i'm not entirely sure uh what i'm doing and i didn't play it that long because of that but i still have it maybe we'll try it sometime i think that i don't yeah, think there's it, anything really wrong with the core game i think it's just that they're kind of they're kind of fucking up with their community here I, but I feel like I feel like at the end of the event, I feel like they did something. You know, I feel like at the end of the event, they did something big for the community anyway. Um, like I feel like someone got something free. I, I'm I'm not entirely sure because I I I know someone told me the details this morning and it was kind of a blur to me. Uh, but they're like at the end of Crime Fest, they did like this big thing for players that are bitching about microtransactions. Yeah, and, and I'm I'm sure um, that they you know the whole idea is to give them free content. So I'm sure there's something. What were you saying about it, Michael? I was going to say, with for a game that has gone on this long, providing free content, I mean, it, it's kind of shitty, but yeah, you, you you probably should have expected this is the way people would react. Yeah, just just because the the 
in the prior times they had been so you know vehement about like well we're not ever gonna do that and like so uh, they, they just had some community managers and lead developers and people who were just very vocal about how like this could never happen and that's just a great example of why you have to have a little bit more foresight with how you handle your community to be mm. fair I, but it's that, that are yeah, running in the company yeah yeah that's that's the big thing about it it's like it's like it's like the old it's like the old patriarch that was there. He was like, "Oh, this is never going to happen on my rule." Um, now that he's been dethroned and someone else is in charge, or they're saying, "No, no, things are happening this way now." Yeah, wow. but it's just so, it's just like a basic. This is like a core like company image, customer service tenant, which is just you know, don't make any promises ever. Like that's the that's the secret to good customer service is guarantee nothing. Do you mean mean promises? Do you mean do you mean promises like um, we're still going to make Metal Gear and Kojima's not leaving the company? He's just on vacation. (laughs) So I heard about that. It turns out that there was a pretty rip roaring goodbye party. Uh, Was it last Friday for for Kojima? Yeah, it was like it was like last week sometime. It was a going on vacation party, Jared. Those are very common. So, uh, <laughs> so Hideo, Hideo Kojinius, uh, left, uh, Konami, I think, I think it's last Friday, and when Konami was asked about it, their statement was that currently Kojima and the development team are finished developing Metal Gear Solid Five and are taking a long time off from work. Uh, well, let, let, let me, let me, um, that's, that's not quite right. It wasn't. It wasn't that uh, they asked Konami about it. I think they asked Konami about it. Konami didn't respond. And then the New Yorker posted an article about how Kojima was riding off into the sunset. And once uh, the New Yorker posted this article, then Konami was like, no, 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 they're not leaving. They're just going on vacation. Uh, so it's not even like it's not it's, it's still this thing where Konami isn't being transparent. They're just like making up a bunch of lies and excuses. Guys, guys, so guys, we're, we're all employing this other proportion. Kojima has yeah, gone so up to a farm in the country where he's going to <laughs> roam freely with all the other developers. He's going to be fine. Uh, 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 Kojima has gone back to his home planet. My, my, parents, uh, my parents did that when I was a little kid. We had a little parakeet, my pet, and he died. And they, they threw him in the garbage, and then they left the, his, his cage door open. And when I came down in the morning, they told me that he'd flown away to live in a park. <laughs> Exactly. And uh, he's, he's with Kojima now, my friend. I'm a little ashamed to admit that I believed that until I was like 18, and then thought about it a little longer, and I was like, "Wait a minute, he doesn't live in a park." What? I was just so I was like driving, think- and I'm and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I wonder how Bert is nowadays. And then I was like, well, parakeets probably don't live that long. And I was like, wait a minute, it wouldn't have mattered anyway. So why? Sweet, simple, Jared. <laughs> yeah, well, like, 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 why fire someone? Like, like, why tell them like you're out the door? You're releasing your game. You're out the door, and then just make such a tremendous effort to tell the public a different story. I think that they haven't decided. I think that a lot of Metal Gear's success hasn't landed yet, and we don't know what's going to happen. And I think that they might just be trying to. Basically do exactly what I was shaming Overkill for not doing, which is I think they might just be trying to have a little foresight and try to prepare themselves for a scenario where they beg him to come back and like, please, oh, please, oh, please. We just realized you're the only one who makes games and it turns out your game sold really well. 
and we need you <laughs> after all. Instead of reaching out, and being I, I mean, like, it's 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 more than just really well. I mean, I mean, Konami's made double the the cost of producing this thing. Yeah, no, it, it's uh, it's done pretty well, and, and it's not done yet. Is kind of what I'm getting at, and so. I mean, right. I, I wonder if they just want to see, like, how high can it fly? And it, it, at some point, does it fly high enough to, you know, do your best to to go back into his good graces? Nobody said anything. Like, nobody's heard from Kojima. We don't even really know if he's alive. We could very much be dealing... <laughs> no, he's, he's dead, I, and it's a weekend it's, at Bernie's It's a weekend at Bernie's he's at the, scenario. He's at the, uh, he's at the, he's at the, at the Pachinko, Pachinko, Pachinko yeah. ward camp. But they, yeah, um, no, no, no. They showed they showed a picture of Kojima at his going away party. I've I'm seen sorry, a picture of Bernie. Vacation party. Do, do, do we know that they, they didn't just put him like in a black van? With in no fact, and, like, uh, Tokyo Sports, uh, Tokyo Sports, which is the site that originally shared that Konami quote, uh, Tokyo Sports has a video on their site of Kojima being pulled by a uh, by a uh, it looks like a water ski. Uh, hook that's connected to a boat and he gets dragged over some girls and takes their tops off uh, <laughs> as he gets dragged over them and he does not look very alive in that video. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. It's Kojima's brain. The New Yorker is, um, so, this, so this is what happened. I believe it was the New Yorker writer who, tweet, who tweeted a picture of, um, of Kojima at the going away party and that's what prompted the response from Konami. Uh, because again, Konami's not talking to anyone. Like Konami's like, everyone keeps reaching out to Konami. It's like, can you please, please, please tell us what's going on here? Um, and they're just not responding. But you do something like what happened with the New Yorker, where you post an article, and then the writer tweets the picture of uh, of Kojima surrounded by. Now, apparently, the other interesting thing is, I I believe that like none of Kojima's like none of the senior staff at Konami actually came to the going away party. So it was another like giant fuck you, but other people like from his team and from other uh, companies that respected him were at the party. Was uh, just like Kikuchi none, of, none there? of his bosses at Konami. No, so she like, wasn't invited. So it's kind of uh, it's, it's it's definitely it doesn't it definitely doesn't seem like a healthy relationship. I'll put it that way. We are we are all gonna look very foolish when Metal Gear Solid Six. Uh, the um, the Chronicles. The ghost limbs appears at uh, E3 2016. Metal Gear Solid Six Snake Babies. Snake Babies <laughs> e- eating snake babies. Are they are they, are they going to pull another thing where um, Kojima pretends to be a Swedish guy with his face badly messed up? They've done some like pretty elaborate stuff in the past. Maybe this has all just been a uh, co-genius, uh you know publicity stunt. A classic, um, a classic co-genius scenario. You know what? Now that you said it, people are gonna like actually latch on to that theory and talk about it. Yeah, all the just like, just like, just like how with Phantom Pain, they found like that Chapter Three title card, and everyone went nuts about it, and there was absolutely nothing else to talk about there. I'm sure. First people. By the way, isn't this like week six of talking about Kojima and Konami? Yep. Oh yeah, and and we're pretty much done. But it's just it's it's because yeah, they except it's, that it keeps coming up. It's because they keep finding a way. It's because it gets more and more fucking bizarre every single week. I every week I'm like I'm so fucking sick of hearing about this guy. I never want to hear about him again. And then somehow this company finds some way to just make it more crazy and more insane than the time before it. So like I don't even I, I don't know I don't know that it's, that it's ever going to get so 
like so, any so crazier or any 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 like more fucked up than their pachinko work camps. I really I really think that we're <laughs> very slowly moving towards a, a weekend of Bernie scenario where they just where they kill him and they just put some sunglasses on him and put him at a desk and just are like, see, he still works here, everything's fine, nothing weird going on at the Konami offices. So. So okay, we have Jared's Wicked and Bernie's uh, theory. We have the Pachinko work camp theory. We have the uh, he went to a farm upstate theory. Michael and Doug, what is your theory of what's going on here? I'm gonna say that there is no Hideo Kojima, and because Japanese people all look alike, it's actually just been a series of actors. <laughs> <from 20 years. laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like how casual you've gotten with your racism, Michael. <laughs> I like that that's actually the plot of the Phantom Pain. How dare too. you? <laughs> yeah. There you. That? I like that that's actually the plot of the Phantom Pain, too. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. Just, just in case there was any stone left unturned for the for the listening public. Okay, so what about you, Doug? It's self-confessional right. in, in their work. I think that Kojima's consciousness has been placed inside an Azimo robot. Like the Honda robot? Yeah, the Honda robot. And he's traveling around the country, righting wrongs. <laughs> Trying for that one last leap that will take him home. <laughs> God, if you, you need to pitch that to Hollywood. Yeah, that's actually not bad. It would be like some sort of leap, a leap, like maybe a quantum one. Right, <laughs> naturally. That sounds like a good name. Leap Quantum. Leap Quantum. So uh, you know, this, this is um. The Phantom. I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to spend too much time on that. But since we're talking about behind the behind the scenes nonsense at video game companies, um, here's the name you haven't we haven't talked about in a while. How about Destiny and Bungie? Oh man, they're Des- great. Destiny. Game of the year. Are you talking? Are, are you referring to that big write up that was? I think it was actually on Kotaku. Yeah, yeah, it was actually Kotaku. I believe it was. Um, it was something Jason readable. Shire. I, I believe it was Jason Shire that did it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know what happened, but it's that million monkeys eventually write Shakespeare thing where they they wrote a feature that was actually really interesting about uh, about how destiny came to pass. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so it was like I, I I haven't really gotten a chance to like read the article, and so maybe, and so maybe we can since we have a lot to talk about. Maybe we can talk about it um, more next week. I, but I think the gist of it is this. Uh, the gist of it is basically destiny. Um, whether whether this was intentional or not, I'm not sure. But basically, the destiny that existed before was this like kind of super campy, super linear thing, right? Um, and I don't know if this is how the story was supposed to be or how the story was received. But they had something called a supercut, which I guess in video games. So that's is um, all of your cutscenes lined up in a row to deliver the story right. uh, for people to watch, and so the Destiny team had put together this supercut of Destiny, and they were super proud of it, and they had taken it to the Bungie executives, and the Bungie executive executives are like, "We're not shipping this. Like, we don't want like uh, this this kind of campy fun narrative. We don't. That's not what we want. We want like this 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 super serious like shoot 'em up kind of." narrative and and the bungee staff like the the destiny team was depressed they went back and they tried their best to like pitch together a brand new narrative um and then a year later we got that version of destiny and i think you know uh, i haven't like i said i haven't had a chance to read the kotaku article in full and um 
but that sounds right. Like it sounds like they had this 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 one vision for the game. And when you play Destiny, and when you look at the alien races, and when you look at like the kind of designs of the characters and the enemies, and um, I was when I when I played it like with the ghost, with the ghost, I was originally expecting something like uh, Wheatley or Glados from Portal. Like that's what I was expecting, and instead I got the super dry, super straightforward. Like oh yeah, and now we have to go and stop the dam of aliens from coming through. So let's go do that, and also don't die. Um, and like, I was just playing that and it was like just weird and it wasn't, it was a very dry story, a very kind of straightforward story, a very kind of, uh, I, I think they were going for something a lot more darker than it felt. And I think we also got something a lot more opaque because they, they couldn't create a narrative that like was, was fleshed out, that was stitched together. And they created this narrative that was just, just very like, it's like they wrote it, like they didn't have any ideas what was going on themselves. It sounds it sounds like they wanted to do something, and when they couldn't do it, they just went for like the most formulaic, you know, <laughs> narrative they could think of. I, I you know, I it, it reminds me of um, the supposed like Josh Trank, Fantastic Four stuff that happened with Fox. How he had like yeah. body horror, and Fox went back and reshot it as something else. And I watched another movie recently. Um, I believe it's called like Tomorrow When the War Began, and I don't know, like, like, don't this is not the official behind the scenes of the story, but I very much got the sense that Tomorrow When the War Began was supposed to meant to be this this like young adult novel deconstruction story about like a teenage girl who undergoes post traumatic stress and and becomes like this violent vicious killer, and it's supposed to be heartbreaking and tragic, and I feel like they took that story. And they turned it into this thing where oh, she's just a, another special little flower. And so she leads her friends. And so you'll have like these really weird moments where she's going to be like, she's being super romantic with the boy she likes. Or she's um, she's going off and partying and listening to like Taylor Swift on her iPod with her friends. And then there's a scene right after it where she points a gun at one of her friends. And you like, do you know what the fuck happens to soldiers in the army that leave their post? I'm like, what, what did, where did this girl come from? It's like two, two different two different clashing tones and it's like just a good a good example of, of, of how like the desires of the studio to get one thing can clash uh, with the desires of the creators to get another and I could I could definitely see how Destiny started as like this campier space opera and turned into this just very I, I can definitely say I'd never play Destiny for the story. If, if there's the very last thing I ever played Destiny for was the story. I like playing with Jared. I like playing with uh, Saul, but but the story was just you know I like my class. I like my hunter, but the story was not what um, it, it wasn't good. It wasn't anything really. And there wasn't really a story. I think the story is about as good as a Carl's Jr. hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that Destiny ever hurt me that bad, but. Um, it's definitely, I, I've been really curious about it. I've considered going back after the Taken King came out because it sounds like they've retroactively repaired a lot of the, um, emptiness that was there before. But, uh, ultimately it's, I can barely find times to play the games that I'm like supposed to actually play. So I'll probably never go back and experience it. But, <laughs> but I thought about it at least. Yeah, like it, it does. I'm, I'm browsing a little bit through the article now, and it sounds like there's a lot of story details, like a lot of characters that sit around in Destiny now and basically do nothing had a much deep, deeper story role in the past before Bungie was like, go back and change it. 
You know what? Uh, you know what does take place in space that maybe has a story that uh, didn't have to get completely scrapped two weeks before release. Right. Is, is this a story that is this a story that we we didn't appreciate at all and that we're stupid for not buying? No, I was I was actually going to segue this to talk about Rebel Galaxy. What were you thinking uh, of? Uh, Mirror I, Moon. What's that? No, the the stupid game that rips off fifty. Of. <laughs> okay, so there is. Um, uh, uh, Polygon recently did an, an opinion article, um, and I, 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 I don't know, I don't know the name of the, the game. This is how much I cared about it, but this, it was this like, say it because I don't want this to get any more publicity. Then why are you talking about it? No, 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 I think it, because yeah, I think it's important to put, put it like this. It's basically another one of those games, um, where it didn't do well, didn't sell well. On, on mobile devices, and so uh, one of the devs he took to Polygon, and he was like, "The mobile market is failing, and guess what? It's you guys, the gamers, that fucked it up." It, it, one, one of the things that one of the things that was surprising to me about the, the whole article is like, for some reason, he really hated lattes. <laughs> you are buying your coffees and not yeah, yeah, buying yeah. He really hated lattes. lattes. Like he was like he was like, "You guys would much rather." pay the same price for a pumpkin spice latte like i think in this game is like like five bucks and he's talking about i'm um, paying the same price of a pumpkin spice latte as you would for my game so first of all i'm thinking wow you pay a lot of money for pumpkin spice lattes but anyway uh he says you guys would much rather buy a latte than you would buy my video game for mobile and i'm sitting there reading article, yes. and i'm i'm thinking well for one I know that lattes are delicious, and two, I didn't know jack shit about your game, so that's like that's a disconnect right there. But, but it was another developer, and therefore you game looks like a ripoff of FDL. Like. Wait, what did you say, Michael? Well, but you are an indie developer, and therefore you probably make garbage. So I think there's a safe <laughs> bet. With the I, I, so the tone of the article was this: the tone of the article was basically the the I guess the mobile market is. Um, has shaped itself a certain way so that like like people just buy like very clicky uh, BS. Like you much rather buy Candy Crush and Angry Birds than you would a good kind of in-depth game, which is fair enough. But the mobile market has been like this for a long time. So the fact that he chose to explicitly target the mobile market. Despite knowing what the mobile market was, that's not—it's not the gamer's fault. Like he's saying, like, "Oh, you guys would rather go and buy a console game," and people like were like, "Yeah, I would rather go and buy a console game." I don't see what well, the point is. Like, I don't see what's talk point about this a little bit. Is. Because um, basically, what I said when I linked the article is, this guy basically misread his target market, and it's the target's market falling on this. So I, I don't think he misread the target market. He's like, "I want to do this." It'd be like if you went to a drinking party in college and brought Axis and Allies, you know, the gigantic strategy game. <laughs> like, guys, 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 put, no, no, put down the fucking beer pong, come play this game. Oh, okay, you know what? You guys are a bunch of Philistines. You don't appreciate it. I can't believe yeah. you're too fucking stupid to sit down and play a nine-hour game. <laughs> I think I think my nail. Do you have Axis and Allies? Because that sounds like fun. I do, actually. Well, and can we do, like... Beer, Axis and Allies? I mean... You can drink beer while you play Axis and Allies, but I don't think there's yeah. any way to integrate fun into Axis and Allies. <laughs> <How about laughs> beers versus wine. 
<laughs> there you go. Beers and, and wines. Fight each other. All right. So, so I think I think I I honestly think uh, Michael nailed it. We don't really have to talk about this anymore. I, I think that I think that you probably <laughs> felt like I, I I don't think that you're wrong to have your hopes up in the sense of like. I think that the 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 uh, guiding portion of this was like I'll be the one to change things. Like mobile games suck, but after I make mine, they won't suck anymore. And that's just if somebody's going to change that trend, it's just sorry, but there's a very low chance it's going to be an indie. It, it's probably well, you be... you you can't also can't go in like it's it's again the same thing that that the same reason why like Sunset and and the flock failed. You can't go in thinking you're a genius and that you're smarter than the market and that you're just automatically going to do better because you thought so. But I, there, there is a chance that, that. There is a chance I, that you're right and you are a genius and you will do like it does happen. It's not to say that it's an impossibility. So I mean it's not necessarily shame on him for trying, but it's kind of yeah, like Yeah, but then you get then you get Phil Fish who like who like No, no, no. You know what? Yeah, shame on him and leaves. I don't Shame know. on you for trying and failing. Never try. But but let me put it Thank let me put it this way: it's 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 television and movies have been around a lot longer, and like like television networks um, such as CBS and um, and and movie companies such as Fox have been uh, um, not doing that well, right? But instead of blaming the consumer, they just keep trying different ideas and they keep trying to improve themselves. And I can guarantee, I can guarantee, like, just 100%, the second that a movie studio or TV network releases a press release that says, well, our company has failed, and guess what? Fuck you guys, the audience. That's the second they go out of business. And look, fair enough, Sunset has gone out of business. Um, and uh, Tale of Tales has gone out of business. And they're like, we're just going to say whatever the fuck we want because we're never doing this again. But in the case of this mobile game, he's actually trying to run a Kickstarter. And he's trying to port this to like Linux and PC and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, if you intend to stay in the business, it's generally not a good idea to go ahead and blame the consumer for your failure. Uh, because that just makes them not want to support you. It's like, okay, you already think I'm an asshole, so I'm going to go ahead and prove it, and I'm not going to give you anything. Does Rebel Galaxy have pumpkin spice lattes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's. We're we're at like the forty minute mark. Let's talk about some actual games. Um, Michael, yes, you went. Carl's, in, Jr., Carl's Jr. was an actual game. You went into space, right? Uh, yes, yes, I did last I, year. I heard about this. Um, how would you say? your actual trip to space compares to the trip to space that you took in Rebel Galaxy. Well, Rebel Galaxy doesn't take place in space. Oh, where does it take place? Hmm? Does it take place under the sea? No, it's in the desert. Oh. <laughs> I think I grabbed the wrong screenshots for that review. <laughs> no, yeah, so Rebel Galaxy is very much a space game. Um, oh, well, fuck. You're a liar. <laughs> We're doing we're doing very well so far. Hey, l- let me ask. Why is it? Why is it? Let me ask this. Why is it that 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 lately, when we switch from news and go into video games, we have such a hard time actually talking about video games? Maybe it's because people don't get to talk about the video games. <laughs> so, I, hey, talk about week, the video game. Like, last week, I was like, "Hey, guys, talk about the fucking game," and like everyone was just meandering and meandering. Oh yeah, I don't want. 
a video game. All right, Michael. Yes, video game. Talk about it. All right, Michael, you've you, that's your that's your uh, it needs to be more concise and more specific. So it takes place in space. It is a game. Do you control it with controls? You know what? No, I want to talk about pizza now. <laughs> <laughs> so, OK. All right. Seriously. So Rebel Galaxy. Let me yeah, seriously. Go ahead. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Jesus Christ, Michael. <laughs> Michael, what is, go. What is Rebel Galaxy about? Why are you going what, at the speed about? of light? All right, come on. All right. Let me ask. Did anyone ever play a game? It was a shareware game. Oh, my God. On, like, it was an old Mac game called Escape of Velocity. Uh, no. no. Never played that. Huh. Okay. Well, basically, so this, this reference will be wasted on everyone, but basically Rebel Galaxy is, like, the modern version of that. You are a starship captain. captain. You, like, command an actual, like, capital ship. So, you know, like a big ship, like a Star Destroyer or a... Oh, really? It's like a big one. Yes. So the idea is, instead of being like the, the dogfighter, you know, TIE fighter type game, you control a big, big ship, which has big, big guns. And yes. So, yeah, so, so I thought, because uh, I, you know, from your initial description, I was under the impression you were like some kind of space trucker. Well, that, so the, the theme is a little, I won't say confused, but. It, it takes place on basically what's like the Cowboys and Space Indians frontier. Mm-hmm. So it's like out, way out in the boonies. Like everybody says like, howdy, partner. And they're I'm kind sure. of... That's a trouble here, I am. Kind of riffing off Firefly, I think, a little bit. Is that Firefly. What? Starcraft did it too. Yeah, yeah. It's like, an, it's like an old trope, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll get into that a little bit later, but I, I think it kind of doesn't do enough with that to really make it endearing but um so the basis of the game is like you're controlling a big ship uh so instead of you know doing like fast maneuvers in fact like the ship can't even move up and down it goes forwards and backwards and left and right but it's all on one plane um it's more like commanding a warship so you're the idea of like the combat and the game is mostly combat is that you want to position yourself to get into to to line up your shots, so you can hit enemies with your gigantic, you know, laser broadsides. Well, I I, I think we we chatted about this briefly um, the last time you mentioned it, and mm-hmm. we chatted definitely chatted about it in in in, um, in Facebook. But it sounds like what you're playing, and you haven't played Assassin's Creed Black Flag, but it sounds like what you're playing is kind of the space version. Of the sea sailing and combat in mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed, yeah, mm-hmm. they're very similar. Um, and from the, yeah, and from like the screenshots, that's what it looked like to me, and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, maybe th- that's maybe that's a reference the listener will get. Yeah, I think that's from from what from what I've heard, it's that sounds like kind of what it is. Uh, just obviously in space, but um, you know, it's if if you read the review, like basically all I can do is complain about it because it's got it it's got a lot of problems. The thing is, it's like it, it's a two-man studio, so there's only you know two full-time employees who worked on this thing, which is crazy, by the way. Like it, yes. it does not look it's like just, that. It's cra- it does not look like it looks like a much bigger team work on this title. Yeah. Well, and if you look at the credits, like all all the art was done by contractors, so you know they. But even still, okay. it's like three or four people did the art, so mm-hmm. you know a lot of professional people did a really nice job on this. It's just. It feels like they should have chosen maybe a smaller scope or gotten more people to make the bigger game because 
it just feels a little hollow and unfleshed out for so, a lot of things. So what, and, and what kind me, of let, stuff? I, I want to, like, hold on, hold on. I want to, because I want to talk about this scope thing real quick. I'm going to get get back to talking about the game, but um, and since, I've, since I've recently had a rich um, uh, family member die and inherited all this money, I've been able to buy a bunch of... Um, of Steam games, and I've actually supported some a couple of early access titles. And um, mm-hmm. should I ever review them, I'll divulge that. Wait, but it feels like Scope die? is <laughs> who, who it, died. What? It feel it feels like Scope is important when you're creating game. My 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 dead relative isn't important to the podcast. Um, it well, feels like Scope is important, and it feels like you know when I play a lot of these early access games, they have a really good idea. And they'll be like really pretty. They'll they'll definitely try for the the 3D graphics. Um, they'll be well made graphics most of the time. But there's just so much about it that feels like hollow, feels empty, and it feels like well, you had a good idea, you have a great pitch, you have a great premise, um, you have a pretty a, a game that stands up with at least games in the last half decade, but you don't have the team to really successfully entirely pull this off. Um, is that what you're feeling with Rebel Galaxy? Yeah, I feel, I mean, they did a, a really good job on just about everything. It's just, it doesn't feel like they had the resources to do everything that they set out to do. So instead of maybe narrowing down the scope a little bit and really nailing some things, it feels like they're trying to do a lot at once and just just don't quite have the capacity to get it all down. Right, right. Which is which is yeah. tough cuz I I'm sure that we all probably think of that sometimes where you're like, man, if only there was a game that combined like this amazing thing with this amazing thing, I could have an incredible game. But the practicality of doing it is is just a lot to ask. So so what what specifically I, I, I think I'm wondering what spe- what specifically is like light to you? Like what do you wish they'd spent more time on or or that was more concrete? Mm. I mean, this. I feel like combat probably could have used just some more stuff. Um, but for uh, maybe a better example, I almost feel like it's almost always combat. I almost feels like it's always <laughs> combat that suffers the most in these things. But a better example, or, uh, probably the trade system. So it's got a very standard, like uh, you know, trade commodities, like buy soy paste here, take it to the next system, and sell it at a markup, and it just. It's pretty, pretty basic. So, you know, you buy low, you sell high. You can do a few things. Like, if you go to the bar, you can read the news, and it'll say, like, you know, Sigma 6 is experiencing a tech boom and is selling low or low price, uh, you know, tech commodities. So you can go there and buy it, and or you can, you know, find out about the mining embargo, so you sell gold at a high price. But it really doesn't ever get more complex than that. I, I have a question about that trade system. Then is it like, mm-hmm. is it um, randomized, or yeah, is it it's, static? It's mostly randomized. You can do a few things to affect it. So like, if there there might be a uh, a news article about like a fleet that's leaving with trade goods, and you can like capture that fleet, and you can do little things. That, but it just it's not it's not very involved for the most part. You basically just like. Fly into town, buy whatever's cheap, hope it's selling high in the next state or next uh, next world you end up at. I mean, that, that, that's at least something because I in a few of the indies that I played recently, um, it, they want you to believe it's randomized, but it's really easy to see through it and realize that it's static. You know, mm-hmm. maybe I'll just maybe I'll just go ahead and load this in the exact place that they didn't want me to load it in, and I'm like, oh, 
the same exact event happened last time. And, and each time I do that, the same exact event happened. So before you really need to believe it was like a random event, but it's actually been scripted the entire time. So, uh, and, and you know, from, uh, especially from, since we bought Jason up on the, the podcast, um, in some of my conversations with him, it's definitely more difficult to, to work on a randomized system than it is to work on a static system. So that's understandable. Um, but you know, that's the, that is a small accomplishment at least I can understand that yeah it's just not being more in depth it just doesn't feel like you're really i mean the game definitely there there's no way to play the game without being a big combat monster so it's not like it's not like you're missing out on the option of being like the merchant prince it's just you know a lot of the time i don't even really care because it's just would it have just been better for it not to be there um you know, that's a hard question because, like I said, it's it's a very combat-focused game. But at the same time, like if, if all you do is just like fly from one combat encounter to the other, it gets a little tedious. You kind of want something to break it up, which it doesn't really have, unfortunately. Um, that I, but I will say, like, I, you can definitely tell that this is a huge passion project for these guys. Like, mm-hmm. I can respect that they said, I want to make this game. Let's do it consequences be damned it's just unfortunate that it doesn't really nail it like i think they would have had they really taken the time or gotten the resources to really deliver it is worth noting too both of them have been around the block before and they've both worked on some pretty high profile games oh yeah certainly i mean they've one of them was partially responsible for diablo they did torchlight Uh, these are definitely veterans this isn't like a couple of guys in their basement but but nonetheless, it's, I, it's I, I, think a, I think sometimes that makes things worse because, um, uh, you know, there, you're taking someone who's worked to, who's used to working with a bigger team and who's worked, uh, used to working with a bigger budget, um, and they have to figure out how to scale themselves down. So I, you know, I think it's the same. It's it, so okay. So they're not amateurs. Um, they've been doing this for a while, but it's the same thing of figuring out how to manage a smaller idea. And I'm not knocking them. No, no, definitely. I mean, this game is not broken. It's just a lot of time you'll be flying across space, being like, "Well, I'm flying." Um, yeah, and you're just yeah, and I think I think I think space. you know I, I'm definitely interested in picking up Rebel Galaxy still, despite what you told me, just because I love the kind of um, that 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 space western kind of thing that people do. Um, well, and I think and that it feels like it, it sounds like something I would I would dig. Um, you know, it's just, but I know, I know exactly what you're talking about. I played so many games now that, that I just, I'm, I'm loving the concept. I'm really digging the concept, but so many other things about it are, are kind of hollow. Yeah. Um, Speaking of setting, like you can tell that they've got, like if, if I were to talk to these people, I'm sure they could tell me all about this world that they've got in their head. It's just, they don't have enough stuff there to really bring it to life because you're either flying or you're at the space station at the bar, like, Asking what the latest news on you know data chips is, and it's it's just unfortunate because I, I bet they probably have a cool idea. Like it's just it's ve- just a little reminiscent of uh, Cowboy Bebop to me. Ah, uh, that's another one. Yeah, that's another good one. It just it it doesn't have enough it doesn't have enough content to really establish that character, and that seems like an un- unfortunate missed opportunity there. Mm-hmm. Well, was there pumpkin spice lattes? You didn't answer my goddamn question. Yes, it's a tradable commodity. Oh, thank you. 
<laughs> so Game before we before we move away from it, because I, I feel like our discussion revolving around it may come up as being a little incongruous compared to like the score that we gave it in the review. So I want to make sure that we spend a little bit of time just talking just talking about what it gets right. So what are the highs? What are the best moments for you in this game? Oh, Jared, you're usually the last one to talk about what a game gets right. <laughs> I'm the last remember, one? Remember The Witcher 3? Yeah, remember The Witcher 3, that entire Witcher 3 podcast we had? Well, The Witcher 3 didn't need me complimenting it. <laughs> Wait, so you're so you want you want him to I wouldn't, compliment it out of pity. I wouldn't That's say worse. I wouldn't say That's something worse. nice like about pity, Beyonce pity, pity either. Rebel like, Galaxy, you're like you're like, well, I feel Beyonce like out of this. compliment Rebel <laughs> Galaxy. Yeah, too. That's so that's like condescending. That's like that's like, oh, you did a good job, Billy. Well, no, I'd say he's kind of right because like I said, if you read the review, basically all I have is complaints. And then I say, like, but you should play it anyway. Four out of five. He's like, he's like, bad game, bad game, bad game, four out of five. And so I just want to take a second. And like I said, I want to know what, what things happened to you in this game where you're like, yeah, that was cool. Um, like I said, it's got a very well-fleshed-out uh, upgrade system. So, you know, you, you, spend each, you spend a lot of time in, like, one star system, and you move on to another one. And about the time I left the first one, I was kind of like I had maxed out all my gear and I was kind of like, oh, that's unfortunate. And I get to the next next world, and it's got all these upgrades, and I can buy new ships. And it's really, it's fleshed out enough that I feel like there's a bunch of different ways I could play. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to try out a lot of them because the gear is really expensive and hard to, uh, you know, it, it's hard to mix and match on a budget. But um, like I said, yes, yeah, it's, 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 I really enjoy the level of customization. I don't even know if it's really that much in the grand scale of things, but in my experience, it seems like a so, lot. So, hmm? so, so take us through like the, the general... Uh, what kind of stuff am I customizing towards? Uh, mostly it's like combat abilities, so... Uh, you know, you can upgrade... So, so what does a typical dogfight look like? Uh, so keep in mind, there are no, there are no real dogfights, because you're like a capital ship, but... So, all right, so you're in warp drive, and you come out, and you're in an asteroid field, and there's a bunch of rebel, um, rebel... F- Galaxies. Thank you, Jared. Thank you very much. <laughs> bunch of rebel capital ships, and they'll have like a dozen fighters and escort. So you'll be at the outskirts, and you have your automated turrets, which will fire on whatever target is available, and then you control the broadsides, and you can fire on dog, or, uh, you know, the dogfighters, or... You can, um, you know, start homing in on a ship and you can get a bunch of different options. Like you have a laser that will cut through the shields or you have a different laser which will cut through the armor or you have turrets. So I guess, I, guess my, I guess my question is more this. Um, are you like, are you, are you just upgrading in terms of raw damage or is it more of a customization where you can outfit your ship more towards your particular play style? Like I said, it's I I don't know for sure because it's just it's all the gear mm-hmm. is very expensive. So if I wanted to outfit my ship in a totally different way, I'd be I'd have to spend a lot of money. It's like another playthrough of the game. Kind of yes, but so for example, like the way I'm set up is I've got the the long range broadside, so I can like stay far outside of battle and you know hit from afar. But I think what I would like to do if I had the money is to maybe get a ship that's got a lot of heavy armor and shields. And can get in really mm-hmm. close, like, you know, obliterate a shield in a short order of time and then just unload with a bunch of short range, like high velocity, uh, rapid fire weapons and destroy my ships that way. Like a shotgun ship. Like, kind of, yeah. I, 
Uh, not not quite a, a shotgun ship, but I think you know a good example is the um, Assassin's Creed Pirates from mobile versus um, versus like uh, the, the the core games versus like Rogue and Black Flag, um, which if people didn't get Assassin's Creed for mobile, they're stupid and they don't know that they want it. But um, in Assassin's Ouch. Creed for mobile, you have like a lot more control in terms of how you customize your ship. So I actually outfitted my ship so that um so that other ships suffer a kind of bleed damage so it's it's like they're burning right they're burning over time they're taking on water um but and they may be doing a high amount of damage to me but i know in the long run i'm going to win out because you know the damage is slowly ticking and i guess that's more what i mean and if i want to if i wanted to outfit my ship in a different way like if i want to out, outfit my ship so that's like just raw explosives and doing these really big numbers at first but it takes forever to reload um that's like a detailed amount of ship customization that i can't find anywhere else but you're, what you're saying yeah, basically is exactly too expensive for you to for. tell yeah, yeah i feel like you could probably do something like that it's just you know you you're you're kind of stuck when the or for a long haul when you uh when you decide to go one way but but that's fine. I mean, I could definitely play this game for a lot longer and try out a lot of different options. It's, and I think that's probably what I would say is kind of what it came down to when I gave it to the gave it the good score. Like, yeah, it's it's annoying in some parts, and some parts definitely haven't been developed well enough. But you know, uh, if I if I take a thirty minute break from it, sometimes I feel like yeah, I want to go play some more of that. And even even today, right before the podcast, you know, I, I've done the review in most cases i would just not have time to or not be able to make time to play anymore mm-hmm. i still picked it up and played for another 30 minutes and still enjoyed it so it's hard to say exactly what's what draws you back every time but it definitely is engaging in a way that i don't get from a lot and of what and what about the you said there wasn't much to the story yet or you what is it no it's i mean story is definitely not the main focus it does have like a main quest but um you know, it's the the main quest is kind of a difficult one, so you're gonna have to spend a lot of time doing side missions, uh, you know, taking on escort missions or um, you know, like defeat. So, so let me ask this. So this mm-hmm. is my last. This is probably my last question. But um, is it is it more are like story missions more fun or are side quests more fun? I would say the story missions tend to be more fun because there's generally more okay. to it. The the side missions are generally go here, which, by the way, takes takes a long time once you start adding up all the travel time. Go here, fight this group of ships, come back. Take this here, come back. Uh, they're, they're still fun. Like, the combat is pretty fun most of the time. It's just... But so they're, they're not like they're not like Witcher like side quests where they're no, no, you no. know really rock solid and like tell their own story. There's a compliment for The Witcher. Are you fucking happy? <laughs> yeah, and, and no, I think I think you know because I think in The Witcher and in like the Phantom Pain, I'd much 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 rather be doing the side quest than the main story mission. It just it's, it's no contest. But um, uh, in other games, that's not the case. In other games, it's like there's definitely more thought and. And the story missions, and there are, like, the side missions. I think GTA V is a good example, where the story missions are definitely where it's at. And the side missions are just typical whatever you're filling up your dime. So it, it, it varies game to game. Yeah, there, there's no real, like, story content to this, the side missions. They're mostly just there for something to do and then something to get more money to buy more stuff with. 
Well, it sounds like it's been pretty well received for the most part, not only by by you, but by others as well. Like the game's mm-hmm. done pretty well for itself. So uh, again, it's called Rebel Galaxy. It's out today. Well, it was yesterday by the time you hear this um, and uh, go check it out. Oh, and, and I will say um, it's it's twenty dollars. And for the amount of content and just how much you can tell that this is, you know, something they really put their hearts into. It, it's a pretty it's a pretty good deal at that price. Pretty good deal for that. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear. Um, let's talk to Lucio a little bit. Hello, let's talk to me. Because you know you've been you've been over there being so patient. Oh, it's, uh, I was dealing with something and waiting so, so politely. Tell me, could you can you tell us about Minecraft Story Mode for a bit? I can't tell you all Minecraft Story Mode. What 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 is Minecraft? Wait, I want to hear about Hong Kong. Oh, does, do you want to talk about that first? Yes. I, I mean, do. whatever. I've been really curious about this. All right. So Hong, you don't Hong care Kong. about the way. I, I don't care. I mean, you guys are the Shadowrun fans. No, no. Lucio, it sounds like he doesn't care either way. I don't care either way, no. If I held a gun to your head, and I'm like, you you have to tell me to get either Minecraft or Hong Kong right now, which one am I getting? I mean, I would for you, Hong Kong. I mean... Okay. No, you. Um, <laughs> but, but if it was, what if it was Jared with a gun? I mean, also Hong Kong. But Jared really loves Patton Oswald. What what if it was uh, what, if it was, what if it was Doug? What if you had what if what if Doug had the gun to your head? Then I'll just I pull the trigger. Exactly. <laughs> 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 Would it end this question? <laughs> then well, I just want I just want to know what he wants to what you know which game is more worth our time whether it's going to be. So uh, I mean, we probably could have covered both of them by now. <laughs> let's start. Let's start with Shadowrun. Well, you know what, Jared? It doesn't help when you keep talking like this. Uh, isn't isn't it just the worst when I'm interrupting people? <laughs> it really is. It's just it, it makes really it stop it. It makes it so fucking hard to keep this podcast under an hour because I'm I always like I would really like I would really like to get straight through it and. We can't do that if you keep talking. Well, it doesn't help that everybody on this fucking podcast, they start talking about their games with their ums and their ums and their hums, and they just, they, they don't have the words. So, Lucio, will you stop umming around like a like a busybody and just tell um, us about the fucking game? Um, all right. So, Shadowrun Hong Kong. I think the best way that I can describe it is that at one point, I was trying to pass an intelligence check and I couldn't. And I could swear that what I had. What about the this... game? Zing! <laughs> um, I could swear I had the implant for it. And then I looked at my character sheet and realized that it was actually my character in Shadowfall, in Dragonfall, that had the implant for you know, the intelligence boost. Okay, so, so it's, like, it's so of... similar that you got confused. Yeah, the games are kind of like playing. blurring together, especially between Dragonfall and, and Hong Kong. And. Let me put it this way. I think Hairbrain Schemes has the setting and the tone and the plot somewhat nailed down. Um, but th- it still has the same problems. It's the same engine. Um, it has the same type of story structure where, you know, you go in, shit goes wrong, and then you have to do runs because you need money, and then the plot keeps advancing occasionally. Uh, but there's nothing really knew about it there's some changes to it like the, the matrix has been revamped but it doesn't really make that much of a difference uh it still punishes you if you don't play decker 
which it's annoying to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is usually, I actually thought they fixed that in um, in Dragonfall because Dragonfall uh, it felt like you had more options being like different classes that time. So it's so, weird so, that they would go back on that. So it's this is interesting you bring that up because in Dragonfall I had a character that could do everything. Um, in Hong Kong, they got very stingy with the karma and the money. So oh. they have enough karma if you really plan ahead to master into things. I'm not sure you can afford to, like, economic-wise, because, like, I can imagine, like, buying the Excalibur uh, 7 uh, deck, which is the most powerful one in the game, and also being able to pay for two class as drones or, you know, buying the best spells and also being able to afford, um, you know, the best guns if you're playing a street samurai. It's, it's very weird how they kind of made the character. So, so from what you're de- describing, I'm not really entirely sure why you insisted on talking about this when Jared asked you about Minecraft. <laughs> God, Lucio, way to waste our fucking time. I do have a question, though, because I'm actually really kind of curious. Uh, this is your third Shadowrun gang yes. game from Hairbrain Schemes, and it's the third one that I think hasn't worked for you, really. Um, but for the most part, these games are really well-received. Like I think that they, like they're they always very positive on Steam. They have a ton of good reviews. Their Kickstarters are funded in seconds. I guess my question is, what sets... Because I, I don't know. I'm an outsider here. What sets you apart from all these other Shadowrun fans who seem to think that the game is doing a great job and really like honoring its roots? What are they not... Jared's had, I mean, I mean, Lucio's actually played four. He's played Boston as well. Well, that's actually, not, I played six. That's not that's not hairbrain. I've also though. played yes, and he has games and the Sega Genesis game. But this was well, right. But those aren't either. My, I, I, when I said three, I was just referring to the hairbrain schemes one because I think those are the ones that we have the big issues with, right? I mean, mm. well, I mean, Hong Kong. I mean, sorry, Boston is a horrible right abomination that shouldn't be mentioned again but <laughs> but but I, and I don't even think that was as well received right like I think that there's a there's a big disconnect this is one of those things where like it seems like our opinion always falls on the opposite side of the of the general uh, consensus and I just wonder like what what causes that what what is the thing that that they just can't get right that um, is it is it because you came from like playing the tabletop game or? I think it is because the, the way that so, so coming home from work today, I was starting to think of how I would fix the games to be a little more to what I feel Shadowrun is like from having... I, I haven't only played the, t- the tabletop game, but I've also read some of the books because I'm a nerd. And uh, um, so, so I, have, I feel I have a, a fairly good grasp. I'm not like an expert, but I feel I have a very good grasp of you know Shadowrun, the lore, and what Shadowrun is supposed to be. And so, so I was driving home and so as not to just spend my time beating up on the game for the, was things it was wrong, I was thinking of what we can do to fix the game where it would be still using the same engine because I'm not going to get rid of the, the engine even though I feel it's one of the big weaknesses that the game has. Um, but where you can make it more of what I feel like. So what I would do is Shadowrun 
the three hairbrains scheme games have these hub worlds, and then whenever you go into um, a, to a mission, you go into a different area of the city that you're in, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of times these are very detailed, uh, but still somewhat empty. So what that means is, you know, you will go like, for example, you have to infiltrate this mega corporation, and you go into um, you know, the neighborhood where they're at and there's people around and this is clearly a, a well-crafted place that has nothing to do. So what I would do is I would kind of link all of these overworlds in a way that you can access them at every time. Mm, okay. And then what I would do is every time that you get a run, you have to start, first of all, by gathering the intelligence yourself because what happens is you get the mission on your computer and then you just click on the mission and you go and do the mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would make you do the legwork yourself by, for example, you know, uh, let's say that you have to infiltrate this um, Aris weapons lab, right? Aris is a big weapons manufacturer in the general world. So first you have to go into the neighborhood where they're at. So then you start talking to people and then, you know, you meet, I don't know, one guy who's a custodian. And then you have, you know, options, you know, do, can I threaten him if I'm, you know, have enough, high enough strength or... Maybe, you know, if my charisma is high enough, I can charm him into telling me things like that. Maybe I can bribe him. And I think one of the things that Shadowrun games, uh, Herkbring skin games are missing, is that there's just not... Like, if if I was playing a a mage, I would be fucked. Because there's absolutely nothing that the mages can do. In the actual pen and pepper game, there's something called the Astroplane which is sort of like the Matrix, but, uh, you know, for mages. Uh, that's not included in the Shadowrun games at all. Oh, okay. Um, that seemed like it was kind of important when I was reading the Shadowrun instructions. <laughs> yeah. Like, I felt like something they kind of spent too much time on. And actually, I can kind of it identify is, I can identify with Hairbrand, because when I was reading the instructions, I was like, you know what, fuck this. Like, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm just going to leave that part out. You know what? That's fair, but they have one of the creators of the game working for them. So, let me because you know, I, I I feel like I have a less kind of like um, heady answer for this one, and I'm not I'm not in I'm not like insulting Lucio, but I the the hairbrain skin games are my first ever interaction with Shadowrun, um, and I I did. I did really like the first one. I did. I did like Dragonfall, but I think I was. I, I think when I reviewed them for the site, I gave them both a three. I feel like, or maybe I gave yeah. one a four and one a three. Like I feel like. I feel like. They, but I feel like it was like a, a pretty soft four if I gave any of them a four. Um, and I think my answer is a bit simpler. You know, it's it's what we were talking about with uh with Michael about the games just feeling a little bit hollow, and especially in something that feels like it's supposed to be open-ended um but its engine doesn't allow for it like it feels like it feels like uh hairbrain wanted these games to come across as a lot more open-ended as they actually were and uh the engine didn't didn't allow for it and there's like a lot of things that that just kind of broke your immersion with the game Uh, i don't need all my games to be like non-linear and um you know i could play Shadowrun and be like, okay, this is a more kind of old school linear RPG. But at the same same thing, at the same time, it, the engine's kind of just so 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 dumb. As in, yeah. as in, it just it just isn't programmed for it. Um, 
where I could play as a shaman in the first game. And characters would, would talk heavily about shamanism and interacting with spirits and all that kind of stuff. And you would have to select every single option that was like, oh, well, what is a shaman? What does a shaman do? What is the spirit world? And I'm like, I'm playing a shaman. So, you know, there should be no reason that I have to go through this information. I should just know it. I, I am this class. I don't understand why you're giving me such an elementary explanation. Um, in addition to, like, Lucio's... Um, Lucio's right, when you basically have to play a Decker in the first game um, in order to get, like, the full story experience, and you can be other classes, like, a Shaman kind of has, has a little bit to do, but not a lot, and the other classes just don't really have anything to do. In Dragonfall, they fix that a lot, and in Dragonfall, they did their best to make um, a more open-ended experience, but it felt open-ended in the same way... Yeah, but to interject... You, you, had, to, you had to do your best to make an RPG Maker game. Yeah, but, but to interject like, in Dragonfall... Only... What's that? In Dragonfall, if you don't play in a combat class, if you don't have any combat ability at all, you are fucked, my friend. Um, even so, I, I, I feel like... I don't know. I don't know that's true. I feel like in, in, in Dragonfall... Um, like, Between the Assassin's Network, I was able to pick up some like heavy combat people that. If you that get to, were able like, to the, like the last levels, your teammates just aren't up to a task, except for Iger. But everybody else is kind of useless. So, Lucio, it sounds like what you're saying is not so much that the game mechanics are inherently bad, it's just the scenario crafting isn't really up to par. Well, yeah, no, and, and, and like, I, no, 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 because hold on. The, the engine that they made for this game. It's very limiting. So, in a way, the underlying structure that they're using has problems. Right, and that and that probably guides the the, the campaign design to not be. Right, you're but that's for. that's 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 what I was trying to finish that thought about like the, the linear versus nonlinear. Like it's and I know other people in the, in this um on this podcast can identify with this. It's like you can play an RPG Maker game and you can have side quests and you can make it as open-ended as possible. But because of how dumb RPG Maker is, there's a certain point where it's just going to be linear anyway. Like you can't do these endless branching paths. Um, you can't do this randomized scripting. It, it, it's basically at one point you're just on like this solid linear path. And yeah, you can put as many quests in as you want and you can throw in all the switches and forts you want. But at the end of the day, you're just kind of limited in... Um, how exactly you can branch, and at the end of the day, you're always going to run into like these static walls. And I think that's what you get with Shadowrun. Now, and the thing that irks me the wrong way about the Shadowrun games isn't so much the engine, and it's not that they released three titles. Like if they released uh, Dragonfall and then Hong Kong, I would have been like, okay, so they're just like uh, the Five Nights at Freddy's guy. Like he has something good, he's making money off of it. He's just releasing it endlessly. What rubs me the wrong way over this is that they always go to Kickstarter and um, they never update the core engine. Like, with Hong Kong, it's like, if you're not making a full sequel. You're just building off what you already built and you're still asking for a lot of money and you're still getting a lot of money uh, for what essentially you could have just programmed in you know that core game creator you gave us with the first game and that's what kind of rubs me wrong about the whole thing yeah but if people are going to pay it why wouldn't you take the money i think that i like how i like how you said you could explain it more succinctly than lucio and then took just as long as lucio you <laughs> you both could have just said the game should have more i didn't boobies. say i didn't i didn't say succinctly i said less heady well, and i think for me and i think for me is that that you're stuck with this um 
with this kind of dumb engine that doesn't let you do branching paths. So, Lucio, let me ask you, because, you know, I've also played my share of Shadowrun, and I've, well, I haven't played the Harebrained Scheme games. I know what right. you're talking about, where it just, it doesn't feel like they've captured what Shadowrun is about to me, and or to you. Right. Let me ask, is there a game out there that you're aware of that kind of does hit the mark? The Cyberpunk, no. I think the thing that comes closer is um, GTA V, actually. Mm-hmm. Where you have to, like, you know, you do the, the missions preparing for the big heist. Yeah, um, yeah, I can see that. What about Deus Ex? You don't really do luck work. It's, it's a different type of game. Yeah, well, it's, like, thematically similar, but it's... So, so shut well, up. I don't understand. So, I, I don't understand. I don't understand what this mystery... What this mysterious I kind of this, I kind this of essence of Shadowrun bit. is. So no, I don't get it all. Like, well, if you let me explain. You know, a lot of these, a lot of these games you have explain, like the same. I will tell you. No, but wait. Tell me if this is a close comparison. Um, what about so? Like, I like to play Fallout's with like um, as much anti-combat as I can. Like, I like to try and stack up my charisma as much as I can, and always try and find like ways out of situations where I'm more talking myself out of them than anything else. And I like RPGs that will let you go through a majority of them and like even avoid combat entirely. Is that kind of close to the feeling that Shadowrun? Uh, yeah. the, of what you're hoping for or what you're looking for is more of that like that's what I think of when I think of an RPG like I think of that role playing aspect as being like I'm this character and I'm going to talk my way out of this situation not right, I'm this character and I'm going to punch someone so it's kind of like that but with a little more of planning and gathering intelligence so for me like a, a Shadowrun game would go you know we get a contract we um do the legwork, we find out the intelligence of, you know, what we need to do, we try to find the different paths, um, then we try to do the mission, and, you know, whatever whatever way you want to do it, you can go in in guns blazing, which is stupid, because in the Shadowrun tabletop game, that would make me going to die very, very fast, because there's shit in Shadowrun that's terrifying, um, you can, you know, try, try to go in, and wh- whatever way you're doing it, you know, you're going quiet or you're trying to just blend in. Uh, but, you know, it's about doing your legwork, finding the intelligence, finding the resources that you need, doing the whatever it is that you're doing, and then getting out alive. So and it sounds like the game you actually want is Payday. <laughs> more, uh, yeah, more RPG, I guess. Or a yeah, payday no, it sounds like what you want is Payday. If you're talking about, like, the planning and, and all this kind of stuff, like, like, pay, like with Payday... The more Rainbow planning six. you do, the more the heist is going to pay off. Did okay, you get hired I... by Overkill or something? Is that what I was saying? Is I already said that I think that they nailed the actual feel of the universe and the plot and everything. So it is, I like the fact that it has an overarching RPG story and uh, a plot and the feeling of the world. Right. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is what it's missing is that part. Mm-hmm. So it's not entirely like Payday. What about? I know that I know that we're it sounds to me Lucio like we're never going to find like the reason why we can't come up with a good comparison game is because there there isn't one or you would be but playing there is. I named it oh for fuck's sake <laughs> but, Snatcher, what do you mean um, oh for fuck's sake okay go 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 try it if you don't like you're you're like you guys aren't taking me on the word level I'm, I'm I'm telling you I'm telling you that if you want if you want that kind of planning if you, I'm telling you if you want the kind of planning where you can go in 
like you're talking about you're really talking about the, the port end of this you're talking about like the pre-production you're talking about the forward planning which hairbrain doesn't have like the hairbrain scheme scheme right i'm saying have. that's the part that's missing not the whole game man a lot of times it's not like looking at the map and figuring out where you're going to go in and you know getting yeah. the right gear sometimes it's like i got to find where i'm supposed to go i need to you know talk to a friend and he'll introduce me to someone and i can apply pressure or i can uh, you know, do some. You went outside the building for the generator to come out, and you know, you kidnap him and take his uh, key card and that type of thing. Or you take the you take the short path and like you beat up a guy to get information, but then later on you've shot yourself in the foot because he won't help you because he remembers that you beat him up earlier, and like yeah, something like yeah, that, things like that. Did you did you, you guys? You will kidnap the janitor and he turns out to be a dragon and he fucks you up. You we, know that we could make comparisons all day, but I'm really I really do want to ask about one game, which is: Did you ever play Alpha Protocol? Yes. Yes. Does that even come close? Is that even is am I on a wavelength there at all, or is it not really? It's yeah. got some similar aspects wherein yeah. if you if you piss off the wrong person, they'll come back and make something else harder or. You know, levering like getting close to someone will prove valuable later, but it's not really like there's no part in Alpha Protocol where you have to figure out uh, what you're doing. You know, you always get fed a mission, and it almost it almost seems like kind of uh, sort of like a uh, like an adventure game kind of aspect. That, that... Yeah, I, th- I, I, I think the problem is this. I think with the close. I don't. I don't know that there's anything just like that. Period. In terms of how games uh, run, like the, mm-hmm. the, the the very old, old, old school text adventures, maybe because you had to do like a lot of thinking in terms of what you're going to write into the game and it, what it's going to respond. Um, and you know, maybe now that people calm down to listen to me, but the, with GTA Five, <laughs> you get no, 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 no. With GTA Five. You're not really planning. You get an option to go in one of two ways. Like it's a it's it's a binary path essentially. You can either switch set the switch to quiet or you can set the switch to loud, right. and that's what you get in terms of going into in terms of going into the heist. Um, and then you get to construct your team, but the team is a very similar thing where there's a right choice and there's a wrong choice. Typically, when you have like it. it it feels like in GTA Five, it's ultimately broken down to one of three choices in terms of each of your characters and how things will wind up. So if you pick the worst guy to pick up the diamonds, he's gonna he's gonna drop the diamonds 100% of the time. It's it's just the thing I was talking about in terms of having a fake nonlinear path. Like you think it's nonlinear, but there are these scripted walls you're going to run into, and I think that's what you ran into with GTA Five a lot. Um, so. It sounds like the type of game that you would need in order to to capture what Shadowrun is, and I don't think Hairbrain Schemes um, system is ever going to do that because it's no, impossible it's not. to do it, and we <laughs> no, seem was not. able to do. But it sounds like what you need is a combination of like Deus Ex and Payday, and the the you know the reason Payday sounds oh, more like fair. it than anything else. <laughs> the reason it sounds like more more like it more than anything else. <laughs> It, no, no. Listen, listen to me. Like, like, stop okay. fucking laughing. This is. I'm serious. It's okay, like, all the right. The reason it sounds like the reason it sounds like it more than anything else is because at the end of the day, it comes down to like your individual team skills, and that's not linear. That's not on a linear path. That's that's really up to the skills of your particular team and how well you guys are at um, how good you guys are are at doing it. 
And, you know, the, the big problem with Hairbrained is they'll hand you a Decker, and this Decker will always be bad at what they do, yeah. and they'll always fuck up the mission, and the mission will always go south. If you get a good enough hacker, a guy that's good enough at um, breaking systems in payday, then you're good. Then you'll get in quiet, you'll get in, you'll get in, in and out. So it sounds like if you took like Deus Exes, which Deus, Deus Ex has a lot of that. Deus Ex, you can go and and press people. You could go and um, set up your routes and all that kind of stuff. You could you could you know information gathering. All that was important to Deus Ex as well. Yeah, so it sounds like true. if you took a combination of Deus Ex and payday then you would get that Shadowrun game that you're looking for. Pretty much. I think I think that would be a fair comparison. Um, but, uh, you know, Payday itself, I don't think it would be by itself, in Deus Ex by itself, but I think a combination could be a, a fair pay, a fair Shadowrun game. Payus X. Payus, Payus X. It sounds like an algebra game. Deus Day. Yeah, well, nobody said it had to sound fun. And the thing is, just you know, you're not going to be able to get that open-ended experience no. that you will with a tabletop game. It's just, it's. But then that's, but then that's why you. That's why I'm saying you leave it to other players instead of trusting it to the AI. It's like that's why I'm saying with like GTA Five, you really you had like three actors to choose from. You had the guy that programmed iPhones, and you had the girl, and anytime you look in the guy that program iPhones, he was always going to fuck it up. But if you bought another player, they bring that element of um, how good will we be at this? It just, it's just completely up to our skill. Well, I mean, the, the, other, the other option to that is having a system where you control all of the characters. Or, what about this? What about this? The game is online. All the NPCs are controlled by real people who have been hired to play the characters that they're assigned and they're just waiting to chat with you. I mean that would be better than um, one kill. Yeah. Well, there you go. See, I struck gold. I'm writing it down right now. Let's see. Shadow run. But is that what you like? Isn't that essentially what you're doing with Rust? With Rust? Yeah. Like, like, okay. So they're not waiting to talk to you, but that you know, it's the it's the nature of other players changing your gameplay experience. So you're never going to have two gameplay experiences in Rust that are the same. But the more open-ended experience I'm talking about is, like, we have to convince the kindly old shopkeeper to open the security gate for us. And, you know, in, like, a video game, your option might be convince him or break in. But in an RPG, you have the option, like, well, I'm going to torture the shit out of him. What was... There was a game a while ago that came out. It was, like, an in-browser game. And it had uh, it had one person that would play the game. And then it had another person who was actually, like, controlling everything behind the scenes and would determine, like, what they saw next. And if they talked to somebody, they would actually determine what that person would say to them. And I can't think of what the fuck it was but called. It, I mean, it sounds like that other one that you pointed at me, too, where you're on the cruise ship. And it's, like, a, a complex game of... Um... Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a complex game. Uh, no, 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 not that. A, a complex game. I was comparing it to a board game, but I can't remember the name of the board game right now. I think it was Clue. Is what I was comparing it to. It sounded like a complex game of Clue. Um, you couldn't uh, remember it, the name of Clue? <laughs> no, I'm talking about your fucking game, the one on the cruise ship. Yeah, no, it's uh, Velvet Sunrise or whatever Velvet it's called. Velvet Sunrise. So it sounds like Velvet Sunrise because, you know, um, I mean, it's broken to hell. But it sounds like that. It was. It would be a great idea if people weren't pieces of shit who can't <laughs> play something like that correctly. Um, 
And and maybe that's maybe it's kind of like that. Like it's one of those things that's probably destined to just work in person and not really any other way. Uh, boy, even in person, sometimes the people are just pieces of shit. Yeah, that's true. You get the you get the wrong I, guy. I, I in don't the know that there's and... like such a thing as a perfect thing. I what I'm trying to see, I'm trying to understand this this supposed elusive thing that exists in Shadowrun, and I don't think. I it's there. I, I don't think, think I don't think, already... I don't think there is an elusive thing. I think people are just being nostalgic. <laughs> no, there, you know, no elusive. We, I already told you what the thing is. I mean, it's just a combination of those things. It's basically right. Deus Ex with Payday or any heist game. No, trust me, Payday is the best you're going to get. Like, like GTA, GTA, GTA is like. It, I know, I know that you're good. getting. But it's like, you know, GTA, from, uh, GTA Online, by the time GTA Online came out, right now, no, but, uh, no one fucking cared by the time GTA Online came out with their heists. And by no that time it was over, no one gave a shit anymore. Um, uh, so I think, you know, I think someone else just jumped on their idea and figured it out better. And then they had a better idea going for a while until they included microtransactions and pissed everyone off. So, um... Yeah, I don't, I don't know, and I, I, I still think. I, have has anyone played GTA's online heist? Has anyone bothered? Nope. No one in the world. <laughs> so <laughs> I never. Sorry, we can't even say how those run. I've been inside a bank once. I saw like the inside of what one of the banks looked like, and I logged. I, I logged into GTA Online one time, and it broke my single player, and so I never. <laughs> I never logged into it again because fuck that. My, my my single player GTA Five is actually just flat out broken. Yeah, well, I, um, mine was too for I, a little bit. I went to, um, you know, I, I, I took Franklin to do one of the old assassination missions just because I was bored. And he was um, talking on a payphone, and the payphone was just, like, floating in midair. And a woman started walking down the street, and she started floating in midair. And, like, the gravity just turned off in in GTA Five. It just turned off, and, and yeah, everyone was floating except for Franklin. And, um... It was very, very bizarre. I'm, I'm just, I'm just surprised the game broke like retroactively. But it's kind of well past the point. Anyone actually cares that it broke? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think anybody's keeping tallies on it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Poor thing. We can log in and check. Now, now it's all about broken ass Metal Gear Online, which sounds like it's a pretty big mess. But oh, uh, really? That that much like Minecraft story mode is probably a tale for another day. But, uh, uh, no, I want to hear about the, bro- the broken GT. Uh, uh, sorry, Metal Gear Online. What's going on? It just it doesn't work very good. Is is what I hear. Just like it just isn't just like you can't connect and shit like that. I I haven't really looked into it too much, but but yeah, it would seem that it has uh it just has its share of issues. So uh, it's not even like a fun broken. Well, we can discuss it next week, and then we'll have talked about Metal Gear for seven weeks in a row. <laughs> but my question well, is, okay, okay, how so, is it compared to Payday Two? All right, I just realized that my hat stacking game is also actually probably Payday Two. Like. <laughs> games it probably on, is, but you, you put know, on a mask on top of a mask. Next time, like I don't like I don't understand, and that's why that's why I'm saying this this thing with Shadowrun is it's starting to sound like it comes down to nostalgia because I'm suggesting this is this thing where you're looking for you're looking for the forward planning and you're looking for a mission that goes well or goes badly depending on your team. Yeah, but you're also recommending a first person shooter, which isn't what you want to, which is definitely not what you want to play when we're talking about Shadowrun. If anybody but, remembers okay, the okay. Xbox so I'm, 360, I'm talking, about, I'm talking about a first person shooter. But what about you? Take all the other RPGs. You take 
Day of Six, you take Mass Effect. It's like you guys are talking about. I suggested this huge, awful thing in the grand scheme of things, and you have like so many other RPGs now that are also shooters. You know, it's just like it's just asinine. In the spirit of friendship and cooperation, Lucio, (laughs) will you resolve to play Payday Two? Yeah, I own it already. Oh my god. Let's let's play it this weekend and see what the fuck happens. All right. Well, today's podcast was brought to you by Overkill Software. Be sure to join in the Crime Fest Crime Wave event going on right now. Uh, Payday 2 is free on Steam until the end of the event, so it's not too late to jump in and get in on some of the action. Uh, Payday 2, it's what fun is. Uh, so thank you to our sponsors there. Um, if you are not already, you should follow us on social media. We're on Facebook and Twitter. We're at the Enemy Slime on both of those services. And Don't worry, Jared, people stopped listening a long time ago. Next next week, <laughs> yeah, next week we'll talk about Minecraft story mode and a bunch more stuff to come. Uh, we should have Assassin's Creed by then, and we can tell you how many people are missing faces. So lots of exciting stuff uh, arriving in the very near future. And uh, with that. In an hour and 40 minutes, <laughs> we are out. <laughs>